welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast. I'm Ben. As always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast Connor to bring you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. And I lost my way along the way. This week, we're discussing Nintendo's updated guidelines and what this means for YouTube and Twitch content creators. We're also discussing the next piece of Scarlet and Violet DLC, the Indigo Disc, which now has a release date. And we'll also be figuring out who stole Tim's flan. That's going to sound weird, but that's fine. We'll come around to it because, of all, as always, you can t- jump to a topic of your choice using the timestamps in the description below. And later on in Devil's Advocate, we'll be arguing if Nintendo is shooting themselves in the foot with the new guidelines they are planning. Well, they have introduced. So, Connor, first and foremost, how are we? Did um, you survive the storm? I. Do you know what? I was traveling back uh, yesterday. I traveled on, uh, what was yesterday? Yesterday was Thursday. We're recording this yeah. day of release. So I record, I traveled yesterday and on Wednesday. So the two big storm days. And I was traveling to the southeast, which is kind of the most affected area from everything I was reading. I never saw it. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, 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 <laughs> I had one tube train that was delayed. That was it. Everything that was else it. was fine. Okay. Okay. I, I, honestly thought because I, i'd heard about it in the news and even up here in, in like in the north we didn't really well midlands we didn't really get anything outside of a little bit of wind and a little bit of rain which is just normal it's just, so, just a normal day just normal <laughs> it's just absolutely normal so like when him, the only thing i saw was a handful of news articles and then there was one picture that kind of showed like the epicenter of the storm in the uh, over london and then Obviously, people just commenting, going, oh, what's happening in London and all this? But apparently, not a lot. Yeah, no, it was not. I've I've seen the news. I've seen the pictures of like trees falling on cars and things like that. But I didn't see any of the storm. It was fine. No, neither did I. Tell you what I did see. So comments and questions over on our YouTube channel. I'm going to start with a comment this week that comes courtesy of regular listener Tony. Now, this follows uh, the discussion that we had last week about N and N's involvement in Pokemon Grey and Black and White 2. No, like, it wasn't originally planned for N to return. Now, they've brought up something that I didn't know, and I wanted to see if you knew about this, but apparently if you use the memory link to sync your Black and White to save data with your black and white save data you can actually encounter ends mons that he releases in the wild and yes. they have like a shiny thing and then when you catch them the original trainer actually says n and then n comments on it when you get to the um the elite four in that okay. game and i had i had n- no knowledge of this being a thing. So I and- was aware that you could run into N's Pokemon because I think I watched a playthrough where somebody ran into a Pokemon and it was ridiculously high level for where they were at yeah. in the game. And I was like, hey, what is this? How is this? Oh, oh, oh right. It's N's Pokemon. Damn. I I love this idea. Mm. And it, go- it goes back to like the interconnectivity or the lack of interconnectivity between games. And the fact that, like, you can take 99.9% of any game in a silo and it works on its own, but there's none of that interconnectivity or very limited amount of interconnectivity. And, you know, we've discussed in the past about, you know, Game Freak, 
You know, for every new thing they introduce, they take away two to three in every yeah. generation. This is one of those things where, like, I could see this working, and I, I don't condone this, but I could see this working where, oh, I've got both versions of the game. The Nintendo Switch recognizes I've played, and I've got save files on both versions of the game, and therefore you get to see additional things. It, it blows my mind that... What do you mean? You already get different phone cases. <laughs> <laughs> is that not enough for you well if they maybe i don't know had different uniforms in the different games maybe that would appeal to me you know maybe maybe i don't know different professors something like that you know something really in depth and not just a you know a a, a swap between the two and a couple of lines of different dialogue but uh, game freak's not lazy so we're fine right yeah see i like the uh I like the idea of running into N's Pokemon because it builds on his character from the first game because mm. he kind of catches Pokemon and then releases them after he uses them in one battle or one gym or whatever the case may be, which is a fantastic idea and inspired the N-lock that I did years ago, um, which is you change... So every new gym, you have to build a new yeah. team and you can only build a team of Pokemon that you can catch on the routes between the two gyms. I like that idea. It's oh, good. Wow. Is it's, it on YouTube? I don't think so, because I recorded it and then took my first big break from YouTube and never right. uploaded it. And then I went to do it as a live stream, and I don't think I completed it. So I've done it, but I've never, yeah. I don't think it's uploaded. I like the idea of that, and it comes on to something we'll be discussing later on about the creativity of content creators, and um, yeah, what what Nintendo is doing about that. We have had one question, courtesy of Lemon Drop on YouTube, uh, and they say, I've never tried doing a Nuzlocke because I always get too attached to the pixels, and I don't want to think about my pets dying. It bums me out. I like that Pokemon Battle, I like to, I like to think that Pokemon Battles are all in good sport, and the stakes aren't life or death. My question is, can you think of an in-universe framing for Nuzlocke that doesn't make your player character a huge jerk? So, we we kind of discussed this for a hot minute before we started, and your your initial answer was no. no. Well, <laughs> no. It, it depends on how you look at it, because it's either a case of, as soon as a Pokemon loses one battle, you never use it again. You shove it in the PC, and you're like, you're worthless to me now. Which... Yeah. Is kind of like, remember when we were watching those episodes of Paldean Wins, and he's like, Mouskarada lost, you should never use that Pokemon again. It's a yeah. jerk, it's a jerk thing to do. Or, it is actually life and death, and that means you're going around and killing lots and lots of people's Pokemon, which mm -hmm. makes you an awful person. So the only way I can think to make it work is that for some reason, you're the only one whose Pokemon die. Okay. Everyone everyone yeah. else out everyone else is out to get you and you are using non-lethal force effectively. Yeah, your Pokemon are holding back, but you don't want them holding back on you because you're the very best, like no one ever was. Or just they they don't do it. Like the rest of the world fight to the death, but you decide not to. Like that's the yeah. only way it works. I I honestly can't think of it in in universe you know, explanation that paints your character in a, in a good light. Like you said, either, you know, Pokemon don't actually die and you just kind of get, we lost fight, it's useless, which 
isn't a great look for anybody. But on the flip side, if Pokemon do fight to the death, why is Pokemon a thing? Like, why are people okay with catching, taming? And even if the people are, you're partaking in it at that point. Yes. And as, as I said, when we discussed, like, Nuzlocks and things like that, Nintendo never intended for this. This was never no. our, <laughs> this was know. never a conversation they wanted their fan base to have. That's mm. why they faint, they don't die. Mm. You know what? The only framing I can give, the only framing and this is like this 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 doesn't work, but I'm just if I had to grasp at straws, okay, Pokemon we know that Pokemon die in universe in yeah, in Lavender it's... Tower, po- Pokemon die. So my only mindset, the only way I can frame this is the Pokemon are... The Pokemon have made it clear, I don't want to live to old age. I either, you know, burn out, burn out bright rather than fade away. Therefore, I'm willing to compete in these life or death situations because if I don't die in a Pokemon battle, I'd probably die of old age in the wild. So, or I get at. So I'm okay with doing it this way. I it's yes, but if we're giving Pokemon that much autonomy, then you have to imagine that not all Pokemon think like that, and therefore (laughs) the idea of well, just the first Pokemon you encounter on every single route obviously thinks this way is a little bit hard to sell. Yeah, there's some Pokemon where I think that works, Um, like Mewtwo, for example. Mewtwo does give that vibe of no, I'm the very best. Like I, I defeat everything, or you can or try die trying me. die trying and then you've got things like magic carp which i just don't think has the mental capacity the, uh, to make that decision the, yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah so, so the, i think if we had to grasp at straws we've given an explanation but honestly uh i i just don't see how your character isn't a massive jerk and it makes me feel a little bit bad now actually after doing so many uh Nuzlocks. As I um, say, it it works as a gaming experience because you know you you step out of it as an RPG and you step more into the role of like as I say, it's it's everyone is trying to kill your Pokemon. That's mm-hmm. just the world you live in. It's it's dog eat dog world. Unfortunately, to make it even more rela- related to dog fighting, um, yeah, it's rough. I mean, we've all played Nuzlocks and had that really hard moment where it's like, oh, that one Pokemon that got me through so many battles is now gone. It makes me sad. It's 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 actually worse than that because I've had Nuzlocks where I'm like, I lose a Mon at this point. I know I lose a Mon. So which Mon am I losing? And you kind of go, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to throw. And we've all done the thing of, oh, this Mon isn't great, but it's death fodder. It's a Pokemon you can have on the team to get that safe switch and you know it's going to die. So actually, yeah. Anyone that does a Nuzlocke in in game is a bit of a jerk. Yeah, especially if you're Hoenn when he did his uh, wedlock <laughs> with me, and he was just killing off his Pokemon because he wanted better pairs. <laughs> That's actually really. Bad. We should probably explain that a little bit. So wedlock basically, you the you catch Pokemon, and then the second Pokemon you catch is is wedded to that, so they form a partnership, and. If you want to, the only way you can switch up that partnership is if one of those Pokemon die. So I, I, you know, I've got a really good Mon and then a really bad Mon. Well, I'm going to kill the bad Mon. So I then have the opportunity to replace it with a good Mon, which, you know what? I never thought that decision would come back to bite me in the bums. Thanks I'm for just, that, Scotty. I'm just going to suicide mission this. <laughs> this pokemon and make its widow continue fighting with yeah. a better with a better partner that i choose for them 
Yeah, and that arranged marriages for the win. <laughs> yeah, that's how it, that strategy didn't win for me though because I still lost the uh, the final fight. So there we uh, go. He, he'll pulse Latio. He'll pulse Mega Latios with belly drum Hariyama. Yeah, a little bit busted, but that was great. Yeah, less. <laughs> yeah Benny was. Hey, I didn't use the no guard guillotine. <laughs> yes, um, true, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> If you've got a comment or a question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrobpod at gmail.com, by leaving it on our Discord channel, or by using the hashtag goldenrobpod on Twitter. Connor, let's discuss Scarlet and Violet's second DLC, which has now had a release date announced. It will be launching the 14th of December this year, so we have not got long to wait. We've got, what, about five, six weeks? If that, maybe. yeah. It's going to absolutely fly by. And what that probably means is, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we're probably going to start that new cycle mm-hmm. again with release of videos, with information about the new Pokemon that are being added to this game. Um, and of course, the teal, uh, sorry, the Indigo Mask follows. No, the Indigo Disc follows the Teal Mask. I got there in the end. There's too many words on my screen. Um, So you will have to have beaten the main game and completed the Teal Mask in order to play this. They've been very tight-lipped in terms of what we can expect from this. We know, obviously, we're going to Blueberry, Blueberry Academy. We know we can catch all the starters from previous games in the, um, the Indigo Disc. Uh, we we have... No, it, it has been confirmed we're going back to Area Zero, right? Uh, yes, uh, there yes. will be a post-post game, effectively. Yes, yes. And, obviously, we know that uh, Kieran and Carmine are also in this as well. Are you? Because I, because we we both played the teal mask and we both said that it was a bit lackluster. I think that's fair to say. Yes, agreed. Yeah, a little bit lackluster. Are you excited for this piece of DLC? I apprehensively so. I think that's probably the best way to put it. I do not want to get my hopes up because Scarlet and Violet, for me, up to this point, has been a disappointment. I, I've not had the best time with it. It's kind of given me a little bit of burnout as far as Pokemon goes. It's been a rough one. However, Sword and Shield was made infinitely better by its second DLC. And I mm. think that's not a controversial statement to make. Agreed. If they pull out something like that, I think this could be great. I think... If they really focus in on the lore, for me, this is going to be great because we're going to meet Terrapagos, hopefully. Uh, mm. We're going to find out the connection between... Because uh, Briar, who we meet, Miss Briar, who comes over from Blueberry Academy, is a descendant of Heath. Uh, is that his yeah. name? Heath? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I wanted to call him Heathcliff. That's a completely different character. Anyway... Uh, is it? She's a descendant from him. We've got the new um, professor, uh, head of Blueberry Academy, who I am convinced used to work in the Area Zero project uh, with Professor Suro, okay. Turo and Sada, and Clavel and um, Jacques, who I am all I am convinced all these people have this mm-hmm. like conspiracy going on and they used to work on the terrestrialization project and then things got out of hand from there 
I would love to see all that culminate and actually come together and get some freaking answers to this story. Yeah, it's we. I, I remember when we discussed the um, the base game uh, when we re- reviewed it, and I remember us having the conversation of the ending kind of felt like it was ninety nine percent there, and then there was still some lingering questions that we wanted answered. We didn't get them in the teal mask. In fact, I, I think we got very little in the teal mask outside of. Um, I can't remember her name that was kind of at the top of um, Ogre Mountain. Yeah, Miss Briar. Uh, yeah, Miss Briar. Just like, oh, this this is a little hint for the next piece of DLC. And that's kind of all we got. And I wanted a bit more from that piece of DLC. The, the, the teal mask for me, I had low expectations for it. I think, I think looking back, it, it, it met my low expectations, but it didn't go above and beyond, which is what you'd expect from a piece of DLC, to be honest with you. Um, but the Indigo Disc is the one that, you know, when I was playing the Teal Mask, I, I had, you know, my thoughts towards this, thinking, okay, how does, what's the through line between the base game, the Teal Mask, and Indigo Disc? And the, there was a very slight through line of, you know, uh, 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 Heath's Descendant, and then Briar, and then obviously Ogapon's mask being so different to the terrestrialization that we've seen. So there was little hints and nudges. So my, because of all that, my expectations for the Indigo Disc are higher than they were for the Teal Mask because I am expecting answers. I'm expecting a continuation of Area Zero. And like I said in my review of Area Zero, I I was disappointed with it. Um, And I'm hoping this isn't just a, oh, we're going back down to Area Zero along the path we've already done, I'm hoping it's a, oh no, you've only seen the surface level of Area Zero. It goes deeper um, and we get to see more of... We get to we get to find out more about what happened down there because it's never clearly stated. There's a lot of hints. There's a little bit of like, you know, text dialogue that you can read, but it's, I want something clear. I want, okay, at the end of this, we know what happened what the effect on the region was, and then the outcome of all that, and just wrapping it all up so we've got that nice self-contained story. Because Sword and Shield's DLC, we've, we're very much, oh, here's some additional content, but it doesn't really tie in with the, the mainline story. This no, feels like... But as as we've said before, this DLC almost feels like they took Eternatus out of the main story and was like, ooh, but the darkest day is still a thing and the sword doggo and the shield doggo are supposed to fight something. Mm-hmm. We're never going to tell you mm-hmm. what it is though. It's like, no, it, it should be in the main game. So there's a lot riding on Tarapagos for me. Yeah. The, the fact I- that, you know, these crystals are popping up in different regions. We, we've seen them in Kitakami. Now we assume that the boxes uh, that we see within the terrarium that makes mm-hmm. up the four quarters of this blueberry Academy, uh pokemon hunting zone safari thing i assume that's on the same line as terrestrial energy that's mm-hmm. what's making the the region specific areas possible we'll see we'll, we'll as i say it's so hard to speculate on this one because there's so much that it needs to do yeah that it almost feels like it needs to be a whole new game yeah would you if it's four hours it's never going to answer any of the questions 
no it's i'm i'm hoping that this is longer story i'm i think somewhere around the 10 to 12 six i was gonna say six to eight i was gonna say but i'm aiming more towards eight for just and this is just the story this isn't to complete everything this is what what i don't want is what we had with the teal mask of we review it a week later and yeah i've I've done 99 percent of what i what you can actually do in that game what i want is us to get to the the indigo disc review a week later and i go yeah complete the story but like i haven't been able to touch any of the other content because there's there's so much so much to do to do and my question i was going uh, going to pose i'm stalling now I, i've got it right the question i was going to pose to you is would you prefer radio silence leading up to this so we get information about for example here are all the different things you can do but there's no nothing story related whatsoever in any of the build-up is that what you'd prefer or do you want a little bit of that oh this is what i can expect to see and find in i it's it's an odd one because i don't want I don't want the story spoiled for me, mm. but I want confirmation that answers are coming. I, I want them to, the, to point blank go, Trapagos is coming, and it's going to answer the questions that you have. Yeah. We're not giving it to you here, but if you, if you pick up the DLC, you will get those answers. That's it. That's, that would be enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, so if, if, they, if they accomplish all that, and this DLC comes out and it very much is a, you know, a continuation and a wrap up of the, you know, Scarlet and Violet experience. Would that elevate what you think of the game as a whole? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. Um, it would have to include a new style of gameplay for me, I think, uh, similar okay. to Dynamax Adventures. Yep. To keep bringing me back to the game. And I think it would elevate the story for me if they answer the questions that I have. I think the base gameplay loop is still lacking. I think I yeah. don't think they've nailed open world as far as Pokemon's concerned. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of always going to hold Scarlet and back, Violet back in my eyes. Okay. Um, however, and this is something they could do, I doubt it because there's been no announcement of it. But if they brought it out and was like, oh, yeah, there's now side quests. There's now okay. missions all over Paldea. It's all over uh, Kitakami and it's all over Blue Bear Academy. You can go do side quests now. Mm-hmm. That that yeah. that would make the game fantastic in my eyes. They're not it's, going to it- do it. <laughs> but that's what would need to happen for me to go, okay, Scarlet and Violet is now a good game. Yeah, yeah. I keep um, finding myself going back to Legends Arceus because that is a game that did nail the gameplay loop and does have a, a very good reason to go back in terms of shiny hunting um, and obviously finishing off all the side quests. If you haven't, I've completed that game. I've 100%ed that game outside of completing the shiny decks in that game and getting the perfect ribbon for um, all the Pokemon in the Pokedex, which I have started and got about 15 to 20 and then thought, you know what, I, I can't devote my life to this unfortunately um whereas my experience with scarlet and violet has been very much there's did nothing it. left for me to do i did it i complete the pokedexes i beat the the game i've done all the the side content what little there was um all that is left is shiny hunting but i refuse to shiny hunt in scarlet and violet because 
it's an absolute nightmare because there is no overworld confirmation, which was something that they had in Legends Arceus. Now, saying all that, I do want a reason to come back to Scarlet and Violet. If hmm. this piece of DLC provides that for me, I'll be very happy. Um, yeah, I, whether it, or not... Sorry, just, it's one of those things we, we may come across as very pessimistic. We want the best for this game. We <laughs> really do. We want to love Scarlet and Violet. It's just hard to do at the moment. Yeah, and I don't think the expectations we're setting aren't... I was going to say they aren't high, but they're not high compared to other games. Similar. Yeah, they're not the unreasonable. Things... Oh, yes, that's that's it. That's it. Especially considering a lot of what we're asking for in Scarlet and Violet are things that other AAA game studios and games do and things that Game Freak themselves have done in past Pokemon games. It's it's like we're not asking for the for the world. And it goes back to the joke we've made earlier, or I made, that like, you know, for every one new thing Game Freak adds to a Pokemon game, they take away, you know, two to three things. And Scarlet Violet was was a prime example of that. And I feel like the Indigo di- the, the Indigo Disc is going to be one of those things where either okay, this redeems in some way the base game i don't think it'll re- i don't think it'll fix some of the issues so for example you know what we've discussed about with you know issues with the 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 raids and the um the, you know the frame rate issues and the graphical issues like it, it won't fix that okay we'll be no, on that if, now. if they were going to fix that, that they'd have done it already and they're not and they're not going to but if this can deliver gameplay mechanics that keeps me coming back and an interesting story then then it will then you know i will think more positive of this scott you know gen 9 overall and i can go from being okay it wasn't a case they were lazy it wasn't a case that they don't care it's a case of you know they just had deadlines to meet and that's not excusable but it's a reason why and it can make me then go okay so they delivered in the indigo disc uh which means that actually you know a core set of game freak do actually care and they aren't just doing this for the money at the end of the day, even though this is a paid piece of DLC, which, again, I'm not completely against paid pieces of DLC if they provide a reason or an opportunity for me to revisit games that I have in some way enjoyed. Because while I have criticisms of Scarlet and Violet, there were parts of it that I really did enjoy. And there were there, were, there was something there where I went, if this just had an extra year, like this could have been so much better. Um, so I'm hoping we do get new things in in the indigo disc both for the dlc but also for the base game agreed let's move on to detective pikachu and the mystery of the missing flan which for the longest time i thought it was flan it it, it, it depends it Uh, it, just depends away from bath and bath right okay right so you can say either interchangeable so this is not like van gogh or van gogh van gogh van gogh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh this was a short six minute video that was released over on uh the pokemon's youtube channel and it's a nice little just a nice little adventure that follows detective pikachu who is working with tim to figure out where the flan has gone it, it's disappeared from the fridge and we go through the motions you know tim is accusing detective pikachu of doing it then we get munchlax just randomly appearing who's apparently detective pikachu's friend which is fantastic accusing munchlax and then we build up to the reveal 
of of the um the crime happened while the fridge was closed. But who was the culprits, Connie? It was the Applin inside the whole time. Yeah, which well played. Which I I, I know well very well played. I know I'm jumping ahead, but like Pikachu actually has a bite of an apple in the morning. So he was one apple away yep. from potentially biting into the home of another Pokemon. The the apple's not the Pokemon, is it? The, the apple worm. is not the Pokemon. The worm inside no. the apple is the Pokemon. But there's always that risk that he's going to, you know, the whole thing about what's worse than finding a worm in your apple. Half a worm. <laughs> like, there's always, that, <laughs> there's always that risk. But what I... I think my highlight from this... Because I, I, I understand Detective Pikachu. I get what Detective Pikachu stick is. I like that. For me, it was Munchlax. Munchlax was the standout character in this because he, he I've I don't think I've ever seen Munchlax except for maybe an animated where he's kind of lethargic, doesn't really do a lot. He just kind of wants to eat. Whereas this was very much, oh, Munchlax has a personality. And I really enjoyed it. I like that it's just like storing food in its fur. <laughs> And just like no, 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 no that's for later. I didn't, I didn't steal it. I just have when, it. When Munchlax just backs off, just steps back, and just a banana is on the floor. Doesn't even drop. He's just there on the floor. I was like, okay, that's that is some really good comedy. But then also when he when he ends up on the ceiling fan and spins around, and there's just food flying out everywhere. It's fantastic, and it's one of those things where when they take a sprite and they animate it like they they create a model for it there's there's always elements where i think oh they weren't thinking of that when they did the original sprite so munchlax kind of has i always thought that it it, it its body was kind of like a dress it flowed down its feet was at the bottom but what we've got is the kind of like the the dress element for lack of a better word comes all the way down but its feet are inside those attached to its body and i'd never thought of when i look at the sprite i'd never thought oh it's that makes sense it can kind of lift it up and like shove oh, food in yeah. there it, it it's like, not it's not got a lot of body to fill it out like snorlax will eventually have yes it's 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 all this fur it makes me look yeah. poofy <laughs> yeah like it's it's a great little a great little and i can just imagine it having a bit like kangaskhan has pouches on the inside yeah and i can just like throw all these different food bits of food in for for later on speaking and of fur how did you feel about the animation style i i like that kind of animation because i it's i think it's a nice halfway house between like it's not full-blown like detective pikachu which can get a little bit jarring because it's like you're trying to make something unrealistic realistic and by doing so you don't make it more realistic you actually make it a bit uncanny valley yep um this is that nice little halfway where it's like no pikachu does have fur but it's not to the point where you think oh that looks a bit unnatural I will say there was a couple of shots, especially early on, where you can see the fur around his eyes and around his lips, and I'm like, oh, that 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 looks like it's really uncomfortable, and would like yeah. poke inside your mouth or poke in your eye, and ah, stop it. But yes, actually, that's a good point. Munchlax was great. Munchlax reminded me of you know, like Sylvanian friends. I I know of it simply because my daughter mentions it, but I don't know. It's it's that kind it. of. It looks furry, despite the fact that it's not. 
It's got that kind of like okay. felted oh, texture yes. to it. And that's what yeah. these reminded me of. And I'm like, this is, again, this is where I'd love to see in-game animations get to. Yes, I I agree with you there. Yeah, I don't need Detective Pikachu level of in-game graphics. I, Not I movie, think it's unreasonable. No. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for the actual games, and they've they've shown that they're doing this with Scarlet and Violet, where they've updated some of the textures. But yeah, I think that kind of oh, you're up close and you can see the fine little pieces of of hair would like just elevate the pokemon to that next level and again what we said before take it away from these are just digital assets to oh they feel a lot more real world Mm. i think i think getting to that level is is the next step it needs to definitely be where they aim towards i think on the next generation of um of nintendo console whatever that might be which we've still not heard anything about despite the fact it's pretty much confirmed now it's it's it uh, like I'm pretty sure if you are within that industry, you you know you know what it is, you know how uh, like the the console specs, you know the you know the console controller styles and stuff like that. But you're probably under an NDA. You cannot report on it whatsoever. So the only things that slip out are people kind of like nudge, nudge, hint, hint. I've got a, you know I can give you a little bit of information, but not so much that it reveals who your source is. And I think that's where we're at. We're at the stage now where, and it must be part of Nintendo's plan of yeah, you can leak a little bit of information to kind of get people ready for this, but not so much that it affects our current games sales because people are thinking oh well I'm gonna hold off. Because if it was leaks that, oh yeah, it's definitely coming next December, like this People Christmas. People aren't buying them for this Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like we like it is coming. It honestly, with the way because I I'm I not could, in the industry. Go yeah, on. I could see a February March announcement for yeah, next ready November. For, yes. Yeah, that's that's what that's where I was heading because it means that the sales for this Christmas comes uh, comes around, people then still buy it, and then, oh, these are the announcements, and then it gives people time to start building up that hype ready for next Christmas. I I have been in... I'm not, sorry, I'm not in the industry, but I have been through... This is me showing my age now. I've been through enough console releases to kind of start to figure out, oh, I, I see what they're doing here. This, what we're in now, is part of that like build-up cycle of... Give them a give them little bits so they can start to piece things together, but not enough that it affects our bottom line. Yeah, no, um, nobody nobody wants to be Dreamcast. <laughs> nobody nobody <laughs> wants to release something and be like, ah, yeah, you think this is cool? Wait till we got coming next. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll wait then. Oh, yeah, exactly. oh, now yeah. our console didn't sell. Oh well, I guess we're yeah. going under. <laughs> I know, right? I, Dreamcast is one of those weird ones that I never played, but the the controller fascinated me. Like it was such a weird controller. I know, like the N sixty four gets stick for being a weird controller, but that looks relatively normal compared to yeah the the. Well, the Dreamcast it, had like the memory card in the controller, and you could play games away from the console just on the controller and the little screen inside. Very cool concept. Yeah, but. As I say, they kind of went, ah, you think this is cool? Wait till what's coming next. And everybody yeah. did. Yeah. But the but the con- the next console is going to be it's got to be the Switch too. Like I know that I know that Nintendo typically doesn't do that. They go, okay, we're gonna reinvent, we're gonna, you know, do something different. And unfortunately, the last time that they did innovate slightly 
but not enough was the Wii U. And people, I think, just mistook it for... Well, it's just an add-on for the Wii, right? Whereas it was just a completely different console. Which is a shame, because the Wii U is phenomenal. I I will stand by this point. It had some of the greatest games on it, had some of the greatest re-releases on it, and was just a very, very fun console to play. And weirdly enough, I really enjoyed the big controller. It felt nice in the hand to hold. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I, I played... It was that zombie game that was on the Wii, I can't remember, and you had your inventory on the screen while you were playing... But it was in, I think it was in real time. So if you're looking through your inventory for items, you've still got the zombies coming to you. It was, it was a fantastic design. I'm a little bit disappointed that it didn't go anywhere. But I, at the same time, I'm glad because it forced them to innovate with the Switch and, and deliver arguably one of the best consoles I think we've ever had. Like the dock undock mode and, you know, the, the fact that you buy it and you you can already play multiplayer because you've already got two switch controllers is mm-hmm. is fantastic and works with and I don't mean this negatively works with a lot of this simplicity of Nintendo games yeah. like Mario just left and right like but it works it's fantastic um I mean and be Nintendo are notorious for changing the industry the Wii changed the industry and I think the Switch has oh, it changed did. the industry again we wouldn't have like the the Steam Deck or the um What's the Asus one? Doesn't matter. Uh, We wouldn't have all these amazing handheld PCs effectively (laughs) if it wasn't for the Switch. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I this is one of those rare times where I I can't decide which way they're going, whether or not the Switch 2 is. It's just bigger. It's better. Graphical improvements, better battery life. It's just better in every way. Like you get with most consoles of, oh, it's just basically the next generation. But the Switch and Nintendo has kind of moved away from that generation, whereas it used to be, you know, you'd have the big three game companies all releasing a similar console. Nintendo's kind of gone their own way. And honestly, the Switch 2 wouldn't surprise me if we get something um, different to the point where, like, oh, no, it isn't just the Switch. It is, like, bells and whistles, something new. Whether or not that is potentially something similar to like the DS style of, oh, it's you can play it docked or you can pop it out and you've got two screens and you can do different things on the different screens potentially. It's going to be really interesting to see what they come out with. Um, and I'm excited for, to see what that means for, you know, the next the next you know Pokemon game and the next Mario game and all these other things that we're going to get on Nintendo. It's, it's going to be exciting. Let's move on to something that probably isn't exciting. So could Nintendo's new guidelines kill Pokemon YouTube and Twitch channels that use ROM hacks or emulators? So this news, so the original news article linked to um, the guidelines directly on Nintendo's website. Now, we're not going to go through the entire thing, but there's a, there's a few parts that are important to this conversation. Now, these so, guidelines are not new. They were originally uh, released in 2018. However, mm-hmm. they've had a recent update. Yeah. So I don't know the difference between the two, but this to me feels like um, very much a case of if we want to come after you for, you know, playing ROM hacks, for editing the the software or the hardware, we've now got a legal avenue to do that because we can just go, these are the guidelines and you've not followed them. Now, the first thing that I, I need to point out with this 
is that this isn't Nintendo coming after people that don't... Um, this isn't Nintendo coming after people that just play the vanilla games. Okay? It's very clear. Yeah. It's very clear. We're humble. So the, let me just read what it says here. Um, we are humbled every day by your loyalty and passion for Nintendo's games, characters, and worlds, and respect that you want to be able to express yourself creatively by sharing your own original videos and images using content from our games. As long as you follow some basic rules, we will not object to you uh, your use of gameplay footage and or screenshots captured, captured from games for which Nintendo owns the copyright. In the content you create for appropriate videos and image sharing sites, Let's Play videos and video game reviews are within the scope of the guidelines. So that's where I came in about the vanilla thing, is that very much reads uh, along the lines of, as long as you are getting these games in an official way and playing it on an official console, then, and as long as you are adding some something to that content, whether or not that is, oh, I'm doing a Let's Play, whether or not that's a review, whatever it might be, as long as you are not just uploading it like a, here's a video of the game being played and there's no, no additional content, then Nintendo is saying here that you should be okay. They're not going to come after you. However, <laughs> this is where, this is where, we get into the how could this affect um, content creators. We reserve the right to remove any content that we believe is unlawful, infringing, inappropriate, or not in line with the guidelines. In some cases, Nintendo may take down videos on behalf of our third party party partners. So there's a couple of bullet points here. Involves illegally copied or modified game software. Game software produced using Nintendo's copyrighted material and without Nintendo's authorization or game software obtained illegally. So that's the software side. Involves cheating, cracking, unauthorized access, circumvent circumventing technical restrictions, unauthorized modification or use of objects, tools or services that enable such cheating, cracking, unauthorized access. So, with all that, Connor, what do you think this means for content creators it moving means forward. no roms at all yep you you are banned from using roms whether you make them yourself you have legally attained the game and made your own copy of the rom no if you're using an emulator nintendo no longer agree with you yeah no more rom hacks no more randomizers no more anything you must play the vanilla game you can you can add your own rules but you must play the vanilla game and there's something that we're not going to go into here, um, but there's a lot of new rules around tournaments and yeah. holding your own tournaments, which I know affects the Smash community massively. Um, but there are other people out there talking about that. We're more interested in what this means for like PokeTubers, really. And when you consider that the vast majority of those who are doing gameplay these days... Um, you know, you think Game Boy Luke, you think Vinny, you think um, uh, Shady Penguin are all doing like Radical Red or they've got their own modded versions of mm -hmm. Scarlet and Violet where they're combining Pokemon together and things like that. Or even if you go on to like Pokemon Challenges, who does all these really hard high level mm -hmm. Nuzlocks in ROM hacks, you know, you, you include people like Wolfie who have come over into that scene specifically to do really hardcore nuzlocks this has in my opinion 
and I think there's evidence to back this up, elevated Pokemon. I think it has brought fans to the game. I think Nuzlocks in general have made Pokemon more relevant again. And especially over recent years when you've got even huge YouTubers like Alpharad or um, Mm. Jaden Animations doing Nuzlocks and things. Now, sure, initially they're doing base games, but they could quite easily move on to rom hacks and things like that because that's where a lot of the audience are people want to see these harder games be played and for nintendo to basically turn around and go you're not playing the game we want you to stop it it kind of sucks it kind of sucks it's 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 a fine line i can understand a company protecting its you know it's patents materials copyright what what, whatever it is in this case it's you know the code that's written to build those games and then obviously all the the artwork inside that sprites what whatever it might be i i completely get all that but the issue here is well one of the issues here is okay well you can only you you you're okay to record the vanilla games and upload that to youtube twitch whatever it might be the problem is Outside of the current generation of consoles, you can't... Unless you are literally playing it at your desk, you put it down, you have a camera recording it, there's no way to get that video and upload it. Because one of the things there where it says, you know, um, uh, it's a, it's around the illegal use of the software and stuff. And well, you can go, it. well... You could, you could hack the old uh, DSs, so you could have yeah. a DS that could stream. But is that but not... Says the that's hard, modi- but that's, that's modified that. hardware. It's, yeah, exactly. So you can't even do do that. So is that it now my... not okay to play any Pokemon game that's not released on the Switch? You're not allowed that's to stream what, Pokemon that's... games that aren't on the Switch. Yeah, because there's there's no way. Because even if you dump your own, let's say you go out and buy, you know, Pokemon X, and you dump that that you dump that information, I'm pretty sure that still falls under these things of no, you're you're cracking it. You are literally oh. going into the code. So taking it because you're playing it on a uh, third party software, that's what makes it against the guidelines because you're then running it on an emulator. Like this is, this is messy. And I, I think like, I, I wonder where they're going to draw the line on this because the, there's no way they can go after everyone. Well, not, not easily. Not realistically. I don't think they can go after everyone, but they don't need to. And we've seen that. Look at what Nintendo did with, um, is it Two Point Crow? Yeah, Where Point Crow. Within, yeah, within like literally quick succession, it was like, oh no, we, we've we've put two claims, was it, on your videos? Uh, if you get a third one... You're gone. You're, you're gone off YouTube. And they could have quite easily as a company gone, here are the three... Off you go. And they didn't. And the reason why is because it's like, well, we'll give you two. And then that hopefully then filters through your community and, you know, other content creators to go, oh, okay, this is, yeah, we're stepping on some toes here. Let's back off for a bit and let, let's just do the vanilla games. But this, the other impact this has uh, is fan-made games. So fan-made games. Which have always been a little bit of a gray area anyway. They have. And I think... Nintendo would have come down harder on them if they were monetizing those fan-made games. Yes, I, 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 and I, that's why Uranium got shut down so quickly. Is so? Is that why? Because I, I, I saw they that were, they, they were selling it. 
Right, okay, which is, I can completely understand. I, I, it, that is one of those areas where actually, if you're taking someone else's content that someone, that a company has done, and da, 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 if you want to make a fan-made game, I'm on board with that because Nintendo isn't losing out on money there because it's like, you wouldn't, they were never going to make that. They were never going to distribute that. It's a fan-made project that, in my mind, you should be go. wow, we have some dedicated, amazing fans that are creating content on our behalf for nothing, and they're getting nothing from it other than recognition. But I will agree with Nintendo if someone came in and went, oh, we've, we've made this new fan-made game, and it's available now on Discord for £5. I'm completely on board with them shutting that down. Yeah, you're you're using our intellectual property to make money, yeah. which isn't okay. I, I, and that's where I, I personally draw the line. Um, but with this whole situation, it feels like Nintendo are gearing up to kind of go, okay, we're not going to do anything yet, but we are keeping our eye on the content creation space. And if you continue to push these boundaries, there's going to be a tipping point where Nintendo come in and go, you know, to one of the big YouTubers, one of the big content creators and go, you've, you've stepped over a boundary here. Here are your two flags again. You know, if one more, we'll shut this down. And then again, they'll just keep doing it just to kind of keep people in line, almost, which annoys me because, like, like I'm sure it's the same with you. The only reason I got interested in doing YouTube content and then a podcast and, you know, buying the latest iteration of Pokemon games is because I saw the content that was being pushed out on YouTube to take the base game that I had completed before and I had no intention of going back to, to we've done it in a new innovative way, which again goes back to what we've said earlier on that like, I want a reason to keep coming back to games that I love. And if Nintendo aren't going to provide that for the older games and they've got fans that are providing that and there's no monetary impact on Nintendo, then I'm I'm all for it. Like, you know, if someone wants to go out there and make Radical Red, this amazing, one of the best fan-made games with all these quality-of-life improvements, like, let them do it. Like, what is what is, what is the, the harm there? The harm is that to play Radical Red, you need a ROM of Fire Red to the patch... And the assumption is that the vast majority of people who are playing Radical Red are not dumping their own files. They okay. are illegally acquiring ROMs, mm-hmm. which 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 is which is illegal. If you're sharing ROM yeah. files, yes. that is illegal. Yes, um, yeah. and and that's why because I've done this before on on Discord where you know you they have guides to go. Oh, you want to dump this game and do all this? Okay, here are the steps how to do it, which is now against the, the guidelines as well. Yeah. You're exactly. not allowed to do that. <laughs> You're not. But the first step was always, you know, you'd always have someone come in and go, oh, I can't do the first step. It's like, well, yeah, because you're not dumping your own thing. But like, we know you're not dumping it, which is why you can't get to step two. And they always covered their backs and they were very clear to the point where I've had to dump a couple of my own games in order to get them emulated. Just because then I kind of felt like, well, I've got the games. I bought those games. Nintendo already made the money from me. And go, and that kind of leads me on to the point that you just made about, you know, Radical Red. I would be, I'd be on board with Nintendo. We're in that situation if they were still selling Fire Red. If Fire Red was still available, 
and they were still making money from it, I, I would be a bit more inclined to go, yeah, I'm not touching Radical Red then, unless I can get a physical or digital version that I paid for legally and do that. But the problem is Nintendo are kind of throwing their toys out the pram about games, older games, that you can't obtain in a way that Nintendo makes money off them anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I kind of go, well, if you're not willing to provide this quality yeah. of service or these games, then I'm going to go to someone that does provide that. Yeah, if I can't download... So let's let's, let's throw one out there. Speedrunners. Speedrunners mm. have moved to emulators years yeah. ago because it's just simpler and it just makes things a lot smoother. Say you want to speedrun Pokemon Red. Not, not an uncommon thing. Quite a lot of people do it. Okay, well, now you can't stream that. Mm. And realistically, you can't upload, technically, you can't upload recorded footage. Yeah. Which you kind of need to do to prove that you got the time that you got. Because it's not available on the Switch. So how are you doing? How are you recording it? You're emulating it. Or <laughs> you've got a hacked DS, which is also not okay. Yeah. It, it's a case of going, no, you're not allowed to do these things. It's like, okay, so what's our alternative? No, 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 no. You're just not allowed to do these things. All right, guys. <laughs> like, you want piracy to not be a thing, make it easier to not pirate. That's been our, Agreed. That's yeah. been our stance this whole time. And, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'm never going to be friends with anyone at Nintendo anyway, so I'll say this out quite happily. If I want to play Scarlet and Violet, and I think the frame rate is god-awful, and I want to emulate it because it's a better gaming experience. Screw you. I bought both games. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll play it however I want. It's who, are funny you, you mentioned- who are you to tell yeah. me otherwise? And the thing is, it might be a bit of a hard time to down, to uh, dump my own files. So I'll download it. I'll download someone else's. Because I've already <laughs> bought the ga- I gave you my yes, money. Yes. Let yes, me play yes. the game however I want. If I want to play it on the Steam Deck, who are you to tell me I can? Obviously, you're yeah. the you're the license holder. Really, you're you're the person who holds all the uh, intellectual property. That's who you are to tell me no. But I disagree with you. <laughs> it's funny I think from a legal that. stance, and probably more so in Japan. Yeah, you, you're 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 probably in the right. But morally speaking, yes, I think it's it's a hard argument to make. It's funny that you mentioned that actually, because um, if if I was to tell you this, you know, listeners might think, oh, I'm part of the problem. I do have a you know a, a um, legally downloaded version of Pokemon Virus. I also have a Nintendo Switch that I've cracked, and you know, people might go, well, you're part of the problem then. I, I paid for Pokemon Violet day one when it came out. I already own a non-crack switch. The only reason I own a crack switch is because it allows me to get mods onto Pokemon Violet. So I can I've got my legitimate version over here that you know, I can connect with the internet. I can play with people. I can, you know, transfer to Pokemon Home. I've got my modded version of the Switch that has no internet connectivity, that nothing in that game will ever affect any other player. Ever. I can 100% guarantee that. 
However, it does allow me to do funny things, like making it so like my, my Maridon can jump 10 times higher than it does in the base game. It allows me to do silly things like putting low polygon models because I find that kind of stuff funny and I can ju- produce content around it. None of that hurts Nintendo because, you know, I, I already bought that game. It doesn't impact the players because it's not connected to the internet. Oh, well, you've not bought a Switch. Well, I have bought a Switch. I actually, I've actually bought two Switches. Um, so Nintendo have made double the money from me. And while I could have used an emulator, I didn't feel comfortable doing that. I would much rather do it on a modded Switch. Now, on Nintendo saying I'm part of the problem, someone that has spent time and money supporting the company since I was a little boy, I don't think I am part of the problem. I think Nintendo needs to take a look at what they're doing and go, okay, here's what we're doing. And we will go after people that infringe or damage what we are doing. And here are the things we're not doing. And as long as they play nice and don't try to monetize things that we own, then we'll let them have their little corner. Because this is ultimately what it is. This isn't like, you know, 99% of Pokemon players are doing this or 99% of Mario players are doing this. It's small little communities and content creators and people watch the videos and go, that's funny, but I'm never going to go out of my way to learn and do all this because it's complicated and time-consuming. And I think Nintendo basically needs to get off the high horse and just go, okay, you're not damaging what we've got going on over here? That's fine. Stay in your lane. Have a bit of fun. Don't make any money off this by using our stuff and we're going to be fine. And I think this is what this is. I, I, I think it is a case of, okay, we're not going to go after... I, I honestly see this as being, because of the Point Crow thing of, okay, well, those games aren't available anymore, so we're not going to come after you. But if you're doing this on the Switch, then you're fair game. I think that's where the line is going to be drawn. What do you I, think on it? It's such a rough one, though. Like... We we are smaller creators. I think yeah. that this isn't going to affect initially. I will be interested to see how this develops over the next coming months and who gets hit mm. first. Yes, um, mm. because again, I have been. You sent me this a week ago, and I've been following a couple of bigger creators. Okay, none of them have changed their <laughs> their strategies they they? they're no. all still playing modded games they're all still cracking on as is and i think until we see nintendo make a move effectively yes. we have no idea how big this is going to be i i think it's a i think it's a silly move personally i think it's a it's it's a silly move because you're basically on high all that free advertising can you stop it yeah yeah, And I can understand the idea of, like, we don't want them to hurt our brand. But there's a part in this that says you're not allowed to suggest that you're affiliated in any way with Nintendo. That makes perfect sense to me. And yeah, yeah. I think it was, I was watching Patters, uh, who mm-hmm. came out and released a video that basically said, Nintendo have turned around to me, game, people at Game Free, people at the Pokemon company have turned around to me and said, we would love to work with you. We love what you do. We'd love to work with you. But it's never going to happen because you play ROM hacks Mm. and we can't associate with that. And that's just something that you have to accept. If if you want to live in that kind of gray area, then 
it's one of those where up until the up until recently it's been a case of like look we'll look the other way because again you are bringing people to the franchise you're bringing people to the property you are making us money you are giving us advertisement and you're making money uh through your means and as long as like you don't a do something that says oh yeah i work with nintendo and everyone can go f- themselves um <laughs> You know, that 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 would be a big no-no, and I could understand why that, that wouldn't be okay. Or mm. as long as you're not saying, like, oh, this is this is the best game, and you should you should download it and you should all get an illegal copy and mod this game on and this is how you do it. I can see where there are lines here. Yeah. But I think they've kind of tried to draw them too definitively. Agreed. Too, too yes. high up. Yeah, I, agreed. I, I, I yeah, I, I completely agree. It's almost like a okay. How far can we can we push this? And I would have much rather have seen something that you know the world isn't black and white. The world is full of grays, and the guidelines basically say, okay, as long as you aren't trying to make a profit off these by selling them so like i'm not talking about like a profit from you know members on youtube or you know what you know donations on twitch whatever like that that's different because you're not monetizing that game you're monetizing the channel if that makes sense so there is a difference there and i i I think nintendo should have gone okay as as long as you aren't making money off this as long as you aren't saying that this is part of nintendo or anything else as long as you are being up clear and upfront that you know you've you've modded this game you've modded the switch and like your warranty is now void or you know like just make those clear distinctions of yeah i'm over here doing my own thing but nintendo's over there doing their thing we are completely separate and different like that's where the line should have been drawn but by doing this it's almost a you know up yours to the content creators that have supported Nintendo who let's 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 just be clear here the people that are modding these games are doing it because they love the games yeah they're not doing it because they hate the games they're not doing it out of spite they're doing it because it's like this is a game i love and this is a new way for me to play it a new way for me to experience it a new way for you the viewers to experience it they're doing it from a mindset of love and I think Nintendo should have gone, okay, how can we support them to some degree, but not to the point where that affiliation kind of comes in? And that is a case of, okay, these old games, well, if we're not going to, you know, put them on the platform to sell, then you're fair game doing them. And I think this would have been a very different argument if this had if this had come out after they'd released all those games on the Nintendo Switch, you know, the, the the old Pokemon games on the Nintendo Switch. I think we would be having a very different conversation. Yeah, it's like, okay, you're not allowed to use emulators anymore, but there's another... Bleh, my words just did not come out there. What was that? I have no idea. <laughs> you're not allowed to play them on emulators anymore for content creation, but they're all available on the Switch anyway, so there it's not really an issue. Yeah. But they well, haven't I'm... done that second bit. That, that for me, is why I'm quite happy to continue doing what I do on YouTube. I don't make a lot of money. I, I basically make zero money, but I do it because I love the games. And I love my, you know, my, my members and the people that come, al- come along to me. So yeah, like, why, why and- should you be punishing people like that? 
And again, purely purely hypothetically, and in no way is to incriminate myself, uh, mm-hmm. suggest there was a game that I've never owned before. Not even like I still have it or I, I sold it or I lost it over the years. Like I never, ever owned it. And I downloaded a copy to play for my channel. That's kind of, that's kind of a no-no, I think. But here's the thing. If that game costs 120 quid to buy secondhand, and none of that money goes to Nintendo. Mm. Um, who who wins by me buying that game? Am I not? It's, it's am I am I not justified in saying? Well, no, I'll wait till Nintendo release it again. Mm. I will buy every new Pokemon game. I will pay for the re-release when it comes out. I will pay for the remake when it comes out. I will pay for the, um, you know. Nintendo online version of it when it's available to me. But why can't I enjoy the experience until that until that's available? If it becomes available. If it because available. because like I I um you know that there, there there have been games in the past that I have downloaded illegally because they're not available to buy legally. So what am I supposed to do? And I'm I I I have I have in the past in my younger days at university when I didn't have a lot of money. I had a chipped Xbox 360. I used to have a chipped PS1. It was fantastic. You can get games for a fiver. It was an absolute nightmare because the Xbox might die. The games might get scratched. Like there's there's all manner of different things that yes, it's overall it's cheaper, but the time commitment's a pain in the bum. And then, as I got older, I discovered the miracle that is Steam. And I don't need to download any games and risk getting, you know, um, viruses on my computer. I don't have to download games and, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, there's a problem with it. I can just go to Steam. I can buy a game for anywhere between £2 and £50, depending on what I want. And I, and I, I would personally much rather pay for a game and get it legally because I just know that for the most part, it's going to run smoothly. There's not going to be any issues. And, you know, I don't need to worry about something going wrong with my PC or my console or it's out of warranty or whatever. But I'm sorry to... And this isn't just Nintendo. This is to, um, you know, PlayStation and uh, Microsoft as well. Like, if you're not published... If you don't give me a legal way to get those games, that leaves me with one choice, which is, in your eyes... The illegal theft. way. Yeah. yeah. In, in their eyes, it's theft. And again, we've made this argument over and over again. I, I agree with you that if if piracy is the most optimal way to get it, you, you've you messed up. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah and therefore, exactly. I, I, I've, I don't feel like I'm in the wrong. Yeah. What muddies the water is, from a legal standpoint, that is theft. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea of content creation then monetizes that theft. If you just keep yes. it to yourself, yes, that's that's between you, you and your god. If you're monetizing it, the water gets very murky. Agreed, agreed. Because like, because honestly, like I, I don't think this is where it'll go. But I, you know, there's a, there's a vision of history I could see this going down of. You know, Nintendo going to Twitch to go into YouTube and going, now we're in fin- we're we're legally, you are allowing your content creators to play games that they don't legally own. And we're gonna come after you unless you go after them. 
And I could see a version of that playing out, but again, muddy water there because Twitch and YouTube would go, um, hold on a second, because we're now going to lose revenue because of you. It gets very, very muddy very quickly, and I can kind of see why this feels very much all bark and no bite, because if they go down this route of starting to shut down people outside of, you know, giving those flags on YouTube or, or whatever, the backlash that would create would damage the brand to no end. Yeah. And that's why I feel like you're going to, if you're going to see this, you're going to see it in the back end. You, you, you're and not don't get me go- wrong, Nintendo is bigger than YouTube. Or, yes. sorry, I, Nintendo is bigger than any individual YouTuber. YouTube, yes. But I don't think that that Twitter storm that they would unleash upon themselves is, it's not nothing. Mm. Yeah, especially with a new console on the horizon as well. Like, the, the backlash that would create and just content creators going, well... Hold on a second. Like, if this is how you're going to treat me, some of which, or most of which, I'd say, probably the big YouTubers, that's how they make their living. They lose that channel, their income stream's gone. And I could see them saying and doing things just like, you know what? I- I'm out. I might as well, like, go full hog. Con- you know, my subscribers, followers on Twitch, whatever, it may- Twitter, whatever it might be, just going, yeah, by the way, I'm just taking a break from Nintendo. I'm boycotting their stuff. Suggest you do the same. And if enough people did that, suddenly Nintendo's probably thinking, oh, okay, we've kind of gone too far. And I think this is why I'm fascinated by this, because I'm interested to see how this plays out over the next you know, couple of months next year and whether or not anything does happen or where or whether it is a case of nintendo going okay this is what we're putting there just in case we need to go after people that try to monetize or you know cross cross whatever line they've got in in in, in their head but There's i what... sorry karen but i just don't see where where this is going to land at the moment because nintendo have been so um what's the word i'm looking inconsistent with what they judge to be yes and no's like you we mentioned they shut down uranium they've shut down a metroid um game fan-made game at some point and yet games like radical reds still out there still available on the website that they could have quite easily contacted and gone yeah you're shutting this down so it's why i said earlier bark and no buy i i don't think this is going to go any further unless people start to really take the mick and try to monetize outside of social media channels. Yeah. There's another weird uh, thing that might affect me in in these, which is if you're uploading footage of a game, it has to have commentary. It has to have some input from yourself, which all my videos do. But there are uh, channels out there who basically upload clean gameplay. I've seen them. And it's and I use them for my videos. For yeah. for because uh, I've played through the teal mask now. I can't get that mm-hmm. footage again unless I yeah. like start again. Which is a lot to do when you can't speed the game up. Which is another reason why emulators are great. Um so I use these I use these channels. These channels could be taken away under these guidelines. 
and I and I understand why. It's like, well, you're just uploading the the storyline that people should really be buying the game for. Yeah. And there's an argument to be made there, but again, it's it's one of those where they're hurting a lot more than they're saving face. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I I fall on it. Like, I'm if you are adding value. So, you know, Nintendo create a game, they publish the game, people then get that game and then add commentary reviews, you know, essay-style content. Like, that's adding value because it's taking something and going, what more can we do with it? I'm okay with that. But if you are literally just, I'm going to play this game, add nothing to it and just upload it. Like, Like, you're not adding, you're just adding more noise to the internet, which is already noisy enough. Like... I I'm okay with Nintendo going. Nah, that that's I don't agree with that because people that are watching that and my daughter does it and it annoys me to no end. She's she watches just people playing the games. There's no additional dialogue. There's no cutaways. There's no good jokes or gags. There's, there's there's no commentary. It is literally just the gameplay. From her perspective, she loves it because it's like watching a film. It's like I get to experience this game without actually playing the game. She loves it, but from a from my point of view, that's one of the worst things ever. If I want to play this game, I'm going to go and buy the game. I'm going to experience it myself. So I can understand why there's an audience for these channels. Oh, you're an only just... child, aren't you? I'm not. No, 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 no. I've got... No, my door is, right? I've got technically four brothers. Um, oh, okay. Why? Why? What are you thinking? Why, it was just a case of you couldn't understand why watching a game would be enjoyable. <laughs> no, I, and I, I think like that's that's... That's part. Actually, that is part of my mindset of like the annoyance of when we were growing up, and there was one TV, there was one Sega console. It's like your mum's there. Now take it in turns. I'm like, well, I want to play this level, but I can't play this level. Or, oh, but you, when someone dies, you swap. Well, just one more life, just one more life. I'm like, just, uh, uh. But from Nintendo's point of view, I, you know, if, if Nintendo went after those channels. I think I, I think I wouldn't be bothered by it. I'd be like, okay, well, they don't add anything. See, again, the, the ones I'm talking about are more... They collate a little bit more. So, for instance, they'll okay. go, okay, these are the scenes uh, where you... Where, these are all the fights with the uh, Loyal Three. Okay, okay. That, that's what we've done here. We've collated the fights with the Loyal Three, so you have them oh. as reference. Here's oh. all the cutscenes with Kieran. Here's all the cutscenes with Nimona. It's I I use it as a research tool. It would be a real shame to lose it. Okay, so on those, I'm I think I'm okay with them because they they do add value because they've gone. Okay, I aren't just uploading the gameplay. I'm taking the bits and then kind of snipping them together, and I'm actually okay with them because they're. And again, this is where it depends on the individual and what because I'm pretty sure someone else might go. No, I'm I'm not okay with that. Because you can just you can just find that you can play that game yourself. But for me, they've they've done something. They've added value. In this case, it's you it's, not it's having curated. To... Yes, yeah, and like again, like we, we've we've touched on this in the past, but this kind of delves into like I'm the one of the great things about the internet is it should be an archive. Yep. So you know we, we've spoken about video games that have just been lost to time because they're on a mobile platform. You downloaded them, but no one thought to back them up. And I think it was IGN, IGN's podcast I was listening to that said there are hundreds of games 
that are just lost because the code, the original code's gone. You can't get those games anymore. They've just lost the time. And that is infuriating to me because it's it's history that's lost. And like, how does this impact on on that? Like, because what happens if eventually there's, you know, Pokemon, uh, Game Freak, Nintendo, whoever it is, bring out a game. That game is completely online only. One day they could turn around and go, now nah, servers are closing down. You can't play that game anymore. Okay, that's fine. That's that you can do that. But ones if no one's recorded the footage, ones if no one has had had you know uploaded that to YouTube or wherever it is, that's that's gone for good. And that's a, that's a shame. That's a waste. So like even I have just said, yeah, like full gameplay uploads with no added value. I don't agree with. But then I guess I'm like arguing myself now. But they do add value because they're they're a piece of history. And, and that's the potential. And that's the thing. This isn't black and white. And when yeah. you release, well, to be fair, they're more like guidelines. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I just hope that this isn't a a broad brush with which the entirety of YouTube and Twitch and Facebook or however you upload your videos just gets swiped away now with. Mm. It's like I don't no, think no. Will, we said but... no. We said we don't. We don't agree with it. it. There it is. It's in black and white. You you broke the rules. We're gonna destroy your livelihood. Mm-hmm. I can't see be it being the case. No. but Stranger things have happened. They have. And they Nintendo have. have never been great with this. No, they haven't. But I guess the the question is: Are they shooting themselves in the foot? Absolutely, creators. <laughs> okay, right, you want to make you start it off, make a point. Absolutely. I mean, again, it's there's a lot more here about the tournament play and things like that, and the content creation around those, I think, is horrendous. But if we're talking about Pokemon specifically, yeah, as I say, I think the Pokemon creators of the last few years have had to step away from the base games in order to pull that audience who wants something new that, let's face it, Pokemon kind of just isn't offering. And it, in turn, is bringing people back to the franchise or introducing people to the franchise. You know, gaming on YouTube is not maybe what it used to be in 2012, 2010, whatever the case may be, when PewDiePie was the biggest thing ever. But it's still still a massive industry. Twitch alone brings in so many people. Like, um, Small Ant. Small Ant does Mario and he does Pokemon. Those are the two things he does. And he plays modded versions of them all the time, and he does weird challenges, and he shows you lots of different ways you can play these games. And I know so many people who have picked up games because of it. You and I have picked up Pokemon again because of Nuzlocks, because of randomizers. To suggest that, oh, this is hurting the franchise more than it's helping it, I I think it's a ridiculous argument. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've got to argue against that. So here we go. <laughs> so I, I think they are shooting themselves in the foot with these guidelines because the guidelines that come out, like any guidelines, 99.9% of people, they never have to read them. They never have to worry about them. They never have to do anything as a result of that because they play the game as it's meant to be played, the vanilla version, the unmodded version. And Pokemon for everything if we're talking about pokemon here as much as we complain about the issues of pokemon whether or not it's you know it's lackluster whether or not the graphics aren't great whatever it might be 
people still buy the game. And while, yes, I can agree that I got back into Pokemon because I saw content creators doing it, I'm, you know, one of the 0.1% that have done that. The vast majority of people, they, they don't care. It's not a case of watching content creators. It's not a case of, you know, keeping up with, you know, the latest let's play or whatever it's because they they love that franchise because they've they've loved it from a child for nostalgia or their parents passed it on to their their child and god i used to play pokemon oh wow this is amazing let's play together and they're not shooting themselves in the foot because it's going to affect so few people that they could realistically shut these people down and it wouldn't really affect their baseline they would still make a shed load of money. I don't have the figures in front of me. They would still make a shit. It's just shed load of money. I was meant to say shed. I, mean, I think it came out as shit. Um, <laughs> so don't believe they, me. They, they um, should make loads of money. Yeah. Yeah. They should. They, they, I, I mean, capitalism. Yay. But like, this is why they're not shooting themselves in the foot. These guidelines are here just as a, yeah, the majority of you are never going to read these or care about them. And it feels like because, you know, we, we we broadcast out this podcast to, you know, I don't know, half a hundred people every every week that affects everyone. And it doesn't. It affects so few people that it's not going to make a difference. See, I, I disagree. And I disagree for a number of reasons, naturally. Um, one of, I mentioned Wolfie earlier. Now, Wolfie has done massive, massive things for competitive Pokemon. He has brought a lot of notoriety to competitive Pokemon and has brought a lot of people into the idea of, oh, this is something I could do and I I, I, I might actually want to do it. Now, when he's got an Emerald Kaizo playthrough with 1.6 million views, that probably brought a lot of people to his channel his channel that then increased people who went out and went, oh, I'm going to get into competitive Pokemon. It just, I'm not saying that, you know, content creators are the only reason Nintendo makes money because that'd be stupid. Nintendo will make money whether nobody talks about the games or not. (laughs) Yes. They just will because that's, that's how Nintendo do. But I think these, these, these ROM hacks and it's ROM hacks specifically that I think is where they're shooting themselves in the foot because they're fighting they're fighting an enemy that doesn't exist. As you said earlier, these aren't cutting into your profits. These aren't mm. taking away from the the games that you're you're selling because you know, people aren't getting ROM hacks of Scarlet and Violet. They might randomize it, but that's that's a different beast entirely. These ROM hacks are of old games, which kind of can't buy anymore, readily published ones. So what's what's the issue? Who 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 is it hurting? It's, so, it's it's not affecting your bottom line. So you're picking a fight with an entire community who love your games, and saying no, you're the enemy. It's like no, we're not. And if you're going to treat us like it, then. They'll either be two things. Either they'll step away from Nintendo entirely, or they'll become the monsters you really think they are. So, 
we're not privy to the conversations that go on behind closed doors. And while we can complain that, you know, Nintendo, Game Freak, they, like, what, and we've complained, like, why haven't they published Gens 1 through to 8, uh, 1 through to 7 on the Nintendo Switch? And we can complain, we can, we can be angry at them, we can be annoyed with them. But that's not our decision to make. That's their decision to make. They, they, if they don't want to put it on the Switch, and I'm sure they have reasons, because let's be honest with you, companies like to make money. They will always want more money. So they must have a reason that they've not put it onto those consoles. And I'm okay with them defending their, you know, their, their content, the things that they've created. And, you know, let's say, they shut these content creators down and go, oh, hold on a second. Now, this isn't this isn't acceptable. You can't do this. Um, you're infringing on our rights. Whatever technical legal jargon you want to, want to do for them to justify themselves. And there will be fan backlash. Of course, there would be fan backlash over this. But I can guarantee you that fan backlash would disappear because they just turn around and go, oh, no, the reason we shut it down is because we have plans to bring it out on the Nintendo Switch. All those games that you've been complaining that you can't get, and you know this this niche has had to be filled. They can just at any point publish those to get rid of that fan backlash. They've got the, they've got you know the technical know how to do it, which you know probably uses emulators of some degree if they wanted to get those on the Switch, but they could do it. So I don't think they are shooting themselves in the foot because people forget and forgive relatively quickly and easily, especially when you dangle a shiny new carrot in front of them. Okay, but why not just give the carrot? Why not say, oh, we're going to pick a fight here when you've got no other options, we're going to pick a fight, instead of giving the other options and then going, okay, guys, now that now that it's possible for you to play Pokemon Red on your Switch, uh, we... we we we'd prefer if you didn't play on emulators anymore. We understand that there's still some benefits, but like we we don't agree with it. So you have you have another option now. Uh, we we don't want you using that anymore. As you say, we'd be having a very different conversation right now if that was the case. But it's not. No, no, it's it's not. Um, let's because of the time. Let's wrap this up and the fact that obviously, like they are shooting themselves in the foot, like. They are. They are. I can, and like we've said in the in the main segments, I can understand them doing this. I I can understand them doing this. I get it. Yeah, as we but said, like when, Japan's intellectual property laws are very different to how they are over here. So the steps that they have to make as a company are a little bit more than we would maybe expect them to. But I think you are literally saying, hey, all that free advertising you're doing, I, I don't like it. Mm. It's it's an interesting scenario. I, as I said, I don't think anything is going to come of this. I think it's all bark, no bite. Well, we'll keep you updated either way. We will. Um, if this, if the God of Rob podcast suddenly disappears or our individual channels disappear, then you'll know <laughs> Nintendo have won. But I, I'm, it's a, it's a tough one because I can get where Nintendo were coming from, but like there are steps you should have taken before this. It's kind of like you've gone from A to Z and you've completely missed the rest of the alphabet. Because you you're you you you've seen where 
You've seen where you think the problem is, but not taken a moment to figure out what the actual problem is. And the actual problem is that, you know what, if you made these games available, it you know, in, in a way that people could pay for them legally, you wouldn't shut down the entirety of that issue you see, but you would shut down a proportion of that issue that you see. And then you would actually have a way to go after a certain group of people to go, well, hold on a second. Like, we could acknowledge you doing this when you couldn't get the game, but you can now get the game. And I'm sorry, but we need to shut you down. And while I don't agree with that, I could understand it. And I think that... Nintendo. I think that Nintendo do need to take a step back from this and figure out, well, what are we hoping to accomplish? Because I don't think they... I think they know what they're hoping to accomplish, but they don't... They haven't looked further than that, which is the impact that has on all these subsections of communities that, like you said, bring people back into it. It's that cycle. Like, if you cut out any one part of those cycle, you lose people and it just spirals off. Like us, for example. Like yeah. I wouldn't be playing I wouldn't have played Gen 8 or Gen 9 if ROM hacks wounds a thing. And therefore Nintendo are down 150 quid at least. Yeah. Which, again, is nothing in the grand scheme of things. No. But enough people may see it that way. And when it comes to ROM hacks, I th- I think it's a stupid name. I think we should call it what it is. It's a mod pack. Yeah. And yeah. I think picking fights with modders is Again, you're you're picking fights with those people who love your franchise the most. Mm-hmm. And they're talented individuals and we've seen that you're robbing their ideas. <laughs> like we've seen that you've done it. Yeah. You know. I agree. And if you're having so much trouble emulating these games on the Switch that that's the reason you're not getting them out there, maybe you need to reach out to these people and play a little bit nicer and be like, "Hi. Either show us how you did it or like we're just going to use your ROM. <laughs> yeah, it, it's strange though because, like, you look at, um, like, you look at Niantic with Pokemon Go. Like, one of the things with Pokemon Go that I've only realized in the last couple of months is like, people are basically being paid to create. No, sorry, people aren't being paid to create content for that game because you can recommend routes, you can recommend stops, you can recommend um, all these different additional features. You're not getting paid for that. The company is the one that benefits from that. So so I think there's some somewhere along the line people need to to draw that line of well hold on a second I'm not getting paid for this. I'm doing this out of love. I'm doing this because I enjoy the the game. So don't come after me. Like go after the people that are, you know, there are people that are, you know, there are websites at the moment that you can you can go and download Scarlet and Violet. Like if they disappeared I'd be a little bit annoyed, but I could understand it. Mm-hmm. But when you go after the, those ones that almost archive older games that aren't available anymore, like leave them alone. What you what you doing? And I, I think that like companies, while I think this part of the issue is companies just exist to make more and more money. That's ultimately why they are there. They just exist to make more money because that's what make the world go the world go round. But like, come on, get to a point where you can go. Yeah, we're happy with the amount of money that we got. And it doesn't need to be that you know constant profit. It can it can taper off a bit, and that's fine. Like going after all these individuals to make more money is is 
part of the problem. It's part of the reason why, you know, we're seeing so many people go back to downloading movies and TV shows because for a time... Mummy and, Daddy, was- Mummy and Daddy won't play nice and just put everything on Netflix. Yeah, and now every company wants to make money. And because of that, the companies lose out of money because they're making less money. So now they resort to, oh, now password sharing isn't a thing. Oh, okay, now we're going to up the price. But there's a lower tier with ads. And then people buy into that. And it's like, oh, that lower tier of ads? Yeah, it's, it's going up in price. And it keeps, keeps creeping up, creeping up, creeping up, rather than the company just being happy and going, you know what? We've made a good amount of money. The fans are happy. And therefore, let's just business as normal. But it's where, not. It's- where was your line, by the way? What, what, what was the streaming service too far for you? Uh, when it went past three. So okay. uh, there's, there's uh, nothing in specific that you've gone, that one I'm not paying for. Oh, no, no, there is some. So Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and Netflix. Netflix is the one that, that continues all the time. The other two I jump in and out of, depending on what is available, um, what I want. Uh, and I'm quite lucky that there are times when I can piggyback on other people's content. So Apple TV, I'm part of a family package, which means that you know I don't pay for that all the time. And the same with uh, Prime. I'm on uh, my wife's parents' account. So again, can watch them uh netflix is the one that i continually pay for and in the past i've shared that so it's i'm sure it's the same with most people families friends is you pay for that one and give me access i'll pay for this one and give you access and it works quite nicely there will get a point though and i'm i'm getting there with netflix where i go nah enough's enough now like i am technically savvy enough to download all these things the Mm -hmm. reason i come to you is because it's simpler you know and it's a better experience or it should be at least yeah, for £9 a month for Netflix, I literally log on and I watch what I want. It's fantastic. But there will be a buying point where I go, uh, it's not worth that much money for how much I actually watch. And I, I I, have done the research. There are alternatives now that basically your computer is smart enough to go, what, what are the TV shows you want to watch? Okay, put them in here. When they become available, we'll download it, we'll upload it to your library, and then you can just stream it. Like, it, like I'm sorry, but like, there comes a point where Netflix has to realize, okay, other things can do what we can do. So the price point is, the, the factor is the pitch, pinch point is price. Mm-hmm. And every everyone will have a price point where you just go, nah, nah that's, I'll just, I'll nah, just do it. nah, it's too much. And so many of these companies have gotten greedy. And okay. something's something's gonna give. Right. Okay. Ran, you got time? Ran, one, one, one more question, if I could. Okay. Yes. Uh, st- still related to this whole topic. We both agreed that fan games or mods or ROM hacks should be fine as long as they don't sell them. Right? As long as they're yep. not profiting from them. Yes. Why is it okay for them to create something and not profit for it? But then content creators to profit from that creation <laughs> oh, that is a question yeah yes if, if we're no, saying no, selling, right. sell, selling rom hacks is not okay but you play rom hacks on your channel and monetize that that's fine see this is where we get into that that muddy water of uh, not muddy water but like Gaming companies just just do the sensible thing. Here's the base game. This is how you pay for it. Here's the DLC. Here's how you pay for it. People can upload mods. They can they can monetize them the mods. They go through a a 
inspection process they go through what whatever that like oh don't you know, don't don't go into mod monetization that's a whole thing well, it's this a whole another kind of, topic that we do not have time for <laughs> no we don't but that kind of resolves that issue because then you know nintendo make their money the modders make their money and the content creators make their money in their own ways so everyone benefits but you're absolutely you are absolutely right that yes nintendo makes their money the people that put in probably the most work modding, creating fan-made games get zilch. And then people like me, who is currently playing Pokemon Infinite Fusion on my channel, gets a little bit of money every video that I produce. But the people that made that amazing, amazing, top quality, 9 out of 10, to 9 out of 10 fan-made game get Aren't allowed. nothing from it. Yeah, and we'll all I, sit I, here and go. Actually, if you monetize that, that'd be that'd be that'd be pushing it too far. If the if we were like ten minutes into the video, I could go down this rabbit hole and have a proper conversation with you. But, I I, uh, I think it uh, just brings up the fact that this is a lot, as I say, a lot grayer than. Yes, it's not black and white. It's 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 not. It's not, and it's a, it's a, and again goes back to what I've said. If Nintendo, we've kind of seen something and gone this is the problem, but not really thought beyond that. They haven't thought about, okay, if this is the problem, how do we fix it? And, you know, they could have gone down the rabbit hole of, oh yeah, all these fan-made games? Well, you've got a, you've got a choice. You shut it down, or you go through this legal avenue, and the tools are there in place, and we both benefit from it. We get a profit, you get a slice of that profit for the work you've put in, because ultimately, that is what people are, you know, using their time to build these things. So, why shouldn't they be rewarded for it? Yes, they have used, you know, files and stuff like that that are owned by Game Freak Nintendo. But that's where that profitability comes in of Nintendo yeah, there, makes a slice of that. There needs to be a cut. Which means yeah. that you need to sell it on a Nintendo mod store. We've seen things like this, I think. Uh, we have. Um, Bethesda tried to do it, and it Skyrim, was... Skyrim, wasn't it? Messy. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like You need to view it as a... As a... Okay, right. We're releasing this game. We've got a three-year plan in place to the sequel. During that three years, we will have a, a, a team that is responsible for testing mods, uh, pushing the mods to the to the store, and then making sure that those mods, you know, just, just run smoothly and don't impact on the base game. And they are paid for by the slice of the profit that they get. I, I it's it's we're not going to resolve this issue on a podcast. No, but okay? I, 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 because... I think that that's the ultimate outcome, is you release Pokemon Fire Red on the Switch. You you either, it's part of the Nintendo Online Store, or you've got to buy it, yep. whatever the case may be. Um, So you've got that on the Switch already. And then, as you say, there's a mod store available so that people can uh, put their content up there. And either it's free... So it they the content creators have decided, no, I've I've made all this. I want it to be free, and that's fine. And everybody can download it and patch it, and it's all on the system. You don't have to go to any sketchy websites. You don't have to do any hacking yourself. It's all in yeah. system. It just installs it, and you can play Radical Red. Or they go, hey, we're gonna we're gonna charge for this, but Nintendo get twenty percent, thirty percent, whatever the case may be. Exactly. And then uh, again, all the content creators just go. Well, I don't need to use emulators anymore because everything's available for me on the Switch. I prefer that personally. Like it worry it, it worries me now because I have got a Nintendo Switch that's hacked. Like when that dies, 
it's it's wasted. It's just a piece of technology that I can't do anything with, and that's happened to me in the past. I had an Xbox 360 that was I, I made the mistake of modding it very early on and got the three red lights, the ring of death. It's gone. I couldn't use it. I couldn't return it. I couldn't do anything with it. I'd much rather have a system where I, you know, I don't, I don't need to do that because it's all available on an official website, an official store. And that way, everyone benefits from it. Everyone at every layer benefits from it. But of course, that's more work. So of course, they're not going to do that, which is a shame. Ah, well. A real shame. Let, let, I know I know, he's, I know we're one minute 40, but have you got time for the guessing game? Go on in real quick. Yes. Okay. Uh, in front of me, I have three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each, but can kind of spot the fake one. This week, we're starting with Kyrim. So, Pokedex entry number one. Dwelling within it is a power even greater than that of Reshiram or Zekrom, but the extreme cold keeps that power bound. Entry number two. Like Reshiram and Zekrom, Kyrim's true form is unknown. Entry number three. This legendary ice Pokemon waits for a hero to fill in the missing parts of its body with truth or ideals. I want to say the second one, but it's so short that I don't think you'd have written something that short. Which makes me think it might be the first one. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet against myself and say the first one. Okay, it's the second one. I got damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I could see when I was reading out the third one, I kept looking at your face and I could see that your mind was still on the second one of Hold on. Kyrim's true form is unknown. Hold on, but Reshiram and Zekrom are the only Pokemon that are a split. So yeah. Well Kyurem's supposed to be the husk, isn't it? Yes. So the second Pokemon is Moltres. Entry number one. A legendary bird Pokemon. As it flaps its blazing wings, even the night sky will turn red. Entry number two. This legendary bird Pokemon is said to bring early spring to the wintry land it visits. And the final entry. One of the legendary birds which commands fire. If hurt during battle, it will submerge itself in magma and emerge renewed. Second one. The third one, I'm afraid. Really? Did you like that one? I did. And it's one of those where... Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. I, I thought I'd read that. I know it oh, okay. happens in, like, um... Snap. I know you find Moltres in the volcano and things like that. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought I'd read that. Fair enough. Carry on. Articuno is the final Pokemon. Entry number one. Articuno is a legendary bird Pokemon that can control ice. The flapping of its wings chills the air. As a result, it is said that when this Pokemon flies, snow will fall. Entry number two. This legendary bird Pokemon's translucent wings are a spectacle to behold. The final entry. One of the legendary bird Pokemon. It chills moisture in the atmosphere to create snow while flying. Second one? It is. First. Oh, one. thank God for that! You are. You kidding me? Were you going to jump to the first one? I, I, I was very close to the first one. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, Connor! Well, congratulations. You got one out of three. So you know you did better than me the last time we did this, and I got zero. So 
Rough. Wow. It's fine. I'm, I'm, yeah. I just need to stop second guessing myself. Do. And that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Before you go, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. If you're watching on YouTube, then please leave a like as it really helps out our podcast. Connie, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. Then you can find me as Professor Hoenn Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoenn on Twitter. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya! See ya!